You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss where to find outdoor recreation participants when they're not outside. What cross-participation activities are cyclists, runners, campers, and other outdoors people engaging in when the weather is too cold for many to be out? How can our understanding of cross-participation help support increased participation and improved consumer intelligence? Let's get into it. I wanted to talk about what outdoor people do when it's shitty out, when it's cold outside. Yeah, let's definitely talk about this because I was just telling someone that we're expecting a bomb cyclone here in Colorado. It's hitting your old home state mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm here because, you know, Texas is great, but Colorado certainly knows how to handle that stuff maybe a little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, the I'll problem in there. Texas right now is not only cold, but it's wind. It just wind just screams. Yeah. Yeah. They, I know that delays at DFW are an hour and a half getting out and an hour and a half getting in now. So, hell yeah. Ouch. Fun. Yeah, weather plays a big role, and it's and it is a bomb cyclone, which which generally means that's about low pressure. By the way, for everybody that yeah. but that cool terms about, but my goodness, there are cold temperatures that are headed south. We haven't had a good a good vortex like this in, no, probably three four years. Yeah, I think it was my first year back in Colorado. We had one like this. It was it was a great welcome home. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but yeah. Let's talk about you know what what. We can do because, you know, this is something I think about all the time. Like, man, I've got a couple hours on a Saturday where I, I've just got energy to do something and and nothing really needs to get done. I'm going to go crush something on the bike or I'm just going to go explore the creek and see if I can catch a few fish. But when it's when there's a bomb cyclone, what should we be doing? Um, you're indoors. <laughs> this is oh, what yeah. you're doing. Right, oh, so yeah. I have some really, really fascinating data about working out in the gym. Like actually, which groups are most likely to actually go to the gym at any time of year, frankly. And um, it turns out that when I when I look at outdoor participants and, you know, sort of indoor participants, we look at we look at this group as, you know, people that if you ask them what would what activity would you choose to do if you could choose to do any activity today. Mm-hmm. And so we offer them several options. They can say they want to walk or hike or bike or fish or camp or read or use technology or do home improvement or do nothing at all. And it's very clear. I mean, the, the strength of this relationship is actually quite high, but it's pretty clear that the, the outdoor participants, those who say that they would walk or hike or bike or fish or camp are much more likely to be found at the gym. In fact, in bike, 76% of the people that said that, that they participate in riding bikes are going to the mm-hmm. gym. 76%. Yeah. My end here, by the way, is 80,000 plus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Substantial. Yeah, it's big. I can definitely see how, how our relationship with bikes plays out in that interaction because we know that there's this big crossover between riding for recreation, riding for transportation, and then riding indoors. You know, like a lot of times I'll think of those as three types of bike riding. And, you know, it can all be done on the same bike. You can ride for recreation. You can take it to the store. You can go home and put it on rollers or put it on a, a trainer or whatever. It could be the same thing. But but we think about it a little bit differently. And we saw early in the pandemic, there was a real shift in how folks rode stationary because riding away from home wasn't happening as much because we were 
closed gyms. There were stay-at-home orders, social distancing, all that. But then there was a huge surge in sales for stationary bikes, trainers, rollers. Of course, there was the, we all know the Peloton story and everything. There, there was a, um, a real growth in popularity of riding at home indoors during that time. And things like the way that we could, we could plug in with technology to sort of enhance that ride really like brought it to the next level and um, made it like a more fun, interactive choice, I think, for a lot of folks who would otherwise not be as excited about just like left, right, left, right, pedaling in your basement to get however many miles your goal is and then hit the showers. Yeah, interestingly, in this in the same in the same look through data that I just did, and it was for the our January research roundup, which will come out I think sometime next week. So here's a little preview of the research roundup for you. I was asking about health and fitness, and then you know also asking about things like gym membership. I'm just interested in all of the things being equal. I'm looking at a, a wide array of motivations for being outside for outdoor activity. So. What I was really, I was, I was mining for, you know, who is most concerned about health and fitness is who is using the outdoor, who is consuming the outdoors as a fitness experience versus a, a recreation experience or, you know, a lot of trail runners, for example, um, consume the outdoors as a fitness experience. I mean, and you could, it, it could be arguable that their motivation is either fitness or just outdoor recreation oriented. So I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is boil down the consumer intel to figure out exactly what weight to give each of these little, these motivations. So I was asking about health and fitness and I expected to find a correlation and I did. It was of medium strength. So we asked how important are health and fitness activities in your life and then cross tapped it with Mm. the same, with the same categories of walk, hike, bike, fish, camp, read, use technology and home improvement. I'm sitting around. I actually wanted to call that sitting around and it wouldn't let me. So Interestingly, though, when I look at the the percentage of people that go out and walk and say that they're not interested in health and fitness at all. I mean, the distribution, yeah. is, I'm not interested. I like them. They're important to me or they are a passion of mine. So I figured I was going to find more passionate, like fitness passionate people and mm-hmm. outdoor mm-hmm. and and far fewer people that said I'm not interested in fitness and health at all. I was expecting single digits in I'm not interested in health and fitness at all. Guess what, Patrick? I mean, I, I think I already know the answer, but um, tell me. Like, it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of folks don't think of their time outside as fitness. You know, like it's just sort of being outdoors, being active. It's getting away from your indoor setting, whether that's your work from home setup or, or even if you, if it's just like I just need to be away from my house for a bit because I spend so much time there. I, I don't think of my activity as much as fitness, even though that's that's how someone else might describe it, but go ahead. You tell me what you got. All right. So it, the, the correlation again, it was a medium strength. So we are seeing, we're, we're seeing more, let's say, um, importance placed on health and fitness among people that are active outside than people yeah. that, are, that are not active outside. So for example, though, about 17% of people who, who walk, who would choose to walk if they had mm-hmm. anything to do, say they don't care about health and fitness at all. Just don't care. And their passion level, when we asked about the, you know, look at the distribution, we asked, it's a yeah. passion of mine. That was about 6%. About 6%. That's interesting. It surprised me in walk, right? Because you think, oh, well, people walk for fitness. Well, it turns yeah. out they don't really. That's not, they're, that's not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like a secondary motivation. 
And I get a lot in the middle of that distribution. So about 40, a little over 40% said, I like health and fitness. And Peter does it. I was, I, that's yeah. why it's a Friday. I thought more people would just go, yeah, of course I like health and fitness. And, and in the second group, they are important to me. Got about, about, about 32%, 33%. Yeah. So most of them sat in the middle. It wasn't, I'm not, I'm not oh, super into it, but I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm also really, you know, not thinking about that as, as yeah. my, my main reason. Okay. So hike, it's about the same, except passion a little bit higher. Like for the number of the percentage of people that said that they're super passionate about health and fitness and hike. It was higher mm-hmm. than it was higher than walk, but it's still only about twelve percent. Go figure, right? And so passion was highest with mm-hmm. not. It, it, I thought it was going to be bike, and it was, but camp came way close to it in passion. The people that oh yeah for health and fitness, I found them in bike and camp, not in hike. Cool. Right, not in walk. Yeah, in, and it's it was fascinating. And the people that use technology. I guess the bros, they're super passionate about how they fit too. So, I mean, I just, I was thinking about, okay, so you're an outdoor retailer right now. And, or you're, you're, you know, you're thinking about people that participate in outdoor recreation and you're thinking about designing products for them. What yeah. I'm saying is that, you know, a passion for health and fitness might not be the number one thing, but these people are crossing over a lot. I mean, it is a variable, oh, for sure. variable but when, when the weather's crappy and they don't ski, or, you know, or they don't go snowshoeing on a lot. Of, trust me, the crossover on snow sports and fitness is really high. They're going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they need things that cross over. Like, what do you, what do you yeah. do them when they're, when, you know, when they're trying to participate indoors or, or really train for their outdoor experiences or just have an indoor experience? What are you doing? Because 76% of bikers are there. 65% of hikers are there. Only 33% of walkers. But Almost half of all anglers and campers are going to the gym. Yeah. So knowing that, if you know that about this group, you know, and you know that health and fitness isn't their number one priority, it is a priority, but not their number one priority. Mm-hmm. How does that help you? How does that help you mm-hmm. think about what products those those participants, those consumers might need or might be interested in? Because we often think in outdoor, I think in stovepipes, it's like we need to find oh, yeah. that want a kayak. And then we need to find someone that needs a bike. But it's these these participants of ours are doing all of these things. Maybe we should be thinking about it in a little bit more holistic way. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about the fact that I think if, if you were to go back 40 years and and find someone who describes themselves as or, or maybe ask someone who's riding a bike how they would describe themselves in terms of their outdoor rec activity or or just their recreation activity. They might say a cyclist, but I think if you were to ask someone today, they're much more likely to have like a broader definition. They're an outdoors person. They just lead an active lifestyle. And all of these things fit under that umbrella. They're right. cycling, they're camping, they're hiking, they're walking for fitness. They're going to the um, gym. And right? they're going to the gym. Yeah. There and it boils down to, you know, what kind of diet they're enjoying, you know, how they have, yeah. how they approach healthcare, all of those things. And this is how you get to know your consumer. This is what you need to know. Yeah, it, it would be so great if we could, uh, just going back to the gym, if we could like describe it, sort of like that thread between the activities and the gym, like how to stay active. Like, no, in, in the summer, you're not doing alpine skiing, but, but you know, 
check out these other things that you could be doing now that like tie into the same activity that appeal to the same motivations. They're going to help you have fun in when it comes time for that, when the season hits. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's always like the headline article in Outside Magazine. <laughs> get ready for skiing. The best, well, yeah. the best 10 exercises to get you in shape to shred. I think I just stole their headline. Sorry, Outside. But you know, okay. <laughs> and we'll clear like it with them. But it's, you know, I'm not sure in the marketplace we think about it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really am really pushing to 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 get rid of the stovepipe stereotypes. Like you've got a snowboarder or you've got a skater. I mean, you've got a person that's that's consuming experiences. That's that's for sure. Um, what experiences and why? You know, what's motivating them? Are they are they trying to get super fit? Are they if we if we change that question to who's trying to get strong and then and then parse it by gender, that would be pretty funny, because yeah. I think it, the answer there will be a lot. I think we'd actually get a little higher in a lot of those categories. Thinking about the motivations that get people outdoors or or you know get people on their bike or once yeah. you know when they're if they if they are on a bike sometimes, um, what else are they doing? But think about mm-hmm. that. What else are they doing? What what's going on in their life, especially in their in their active life? I liked you talking yeah. about lifestyle, because yeah, that's that's where we are now. Like we've got active people, and and then it's a distribution of activity, right? We've got super core oh, for sure. people that do everything, or you've got people that do specialize. Still, I mean, you've got yeah. people that have that have dreams of of glory in their particular activity. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's somebody doing squats right now, getting ready for Corbett's. Right. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm doing. I know that you can't see me. It's it's um, audio only on the podcast, but yeah, I'm doing squats right now. You guys should see. It's got a red face. <laughs> so I think, um, let me throw this out there. I, I think the apparel industry does a great job of this. And, and by apparel industry, maybe just like the outdoor rec apparel yeah. groups. And if I think about like sort of the transition from specialized apparel in and within cycling, it's like Lycra shorts and jerseys. There's a lot more sort of like active wear that, that works its way into the cycling industry. And now there's a lot of like tech shirts and that same tech shirt you could be wearing for mountain biking. You could be wearing for running. You could be wearing for hiking. Could be your clothes while you're camping. And sort of like, yeah, addressing the fact that, well, you're kind of boxing yourself into a corner if you say, this is the shirt that you wear for cycling and cycling alone. Or if you say, hey, you know, like we, we recognize that when you're doing these activities, you're going to want these things, lightweight, comfortable, breathable so we're going to sell you a, a piece of clothing that's going to be um, adaptable for whatever activity you're into. But well, it, I mean, I think it's also being sensitive to, you know, the the needs of consumers, too. They don't have, they don't have money to have a quiver of everything special. You know? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm interested in everything. Right. I, this is something I struggle with all the time. I have so much stuff I in my garage. Bikes, the quivers. Snowboards, bikes, yeah, pants, hunting, pants. fishing, camping. Exactly. I've got, I mean, yeah. now fly fishing. Yay. Now I, for sure. But, well, aviation is pretty, pretty expensive too. That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's so, I mean, I'm looking to consolidate. I'm looking, you know, to, to buy things that I can use them for more than one thing. Um, and I think that that's true of many consumers. I mean, that might be some, some um, observation bias on my part, but my data indicates that, that, you know, everybody's kind of, what, what was the name of that movie? Everything. Everywhere, all the time, all at once. All yeah, loved it, loved it. So, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Here we go. That's everybody's kind of consuming experiences now. And yeah, you know, they, it, we have to spend a lot of money on our equipment 
And if I'm cool or yes. I'm spending a ton of money on equipment, I'm going to look to save. So I'm, I'm getting ready to like wax a pair of Levi's or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Either I don't have to pick up some more work. You know, I have to get a side hustle or something. I might start, <laughs> you have to start grub hubbing or something. No, no, dog walker. You, that's what you can do. Dog you can walker. take your, yeah, your Maybe pack I, and you can join another pack. I mean, if Vale, if Vale hadn't eliminated my position as snow reporter, I could be back up making minimum wage on Saturday and Sunday morning. <laughs> it's tough to get out of bed for minimum wage that early and I that did. cold. But I, I, did. I, I, I know he did. I loved it. I did it with absolute love. And I, and I, I'm just mad because I can't do it anymore. I would have done it. Honestly, and it, obviously the money was nothing. I totally would have done. I still do that job for free. <laughs> well, this is recorded, Kelly. Be careful. And sorry, I couldn't wait. Kirsten Lynch going to call me and say, hey, I thought you were for free. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we, the outdoor industry, engage with folks in a time where they can't go outside? And and the answer is like, they're at the gym. Find them there. Should the, Should we like try and bring it over to something about products that could be used. Like, like I keep thinking of apparel cause like I, I have shorts that I'll run in. Dude, it's apparel, it's accessories, it's gloves. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's all of it. And you know, yeah, we do find them in the gym. So this, this works for consumer intelligence and for, for participation. So for instance, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm a race director. I've got some, I've got a 5k on trail that I want to do. It's a running race. Um, where do I find those people? I mean, I'm going to go with social media, right? But, you know, you find them in the gym. You find them at the at trailheads. You find them in places that you, they don't necessarily need to be trail runners. You're looking for active people. So you go to the YMCA. You go to the local health clubs. That's yeah. where you're going. That's And that's how we gain participants. Like once, once you're doing something, and if you're indoors when it's cold, of course, of course, we could probably interest you in something outdoors when it's not. But that's, that is, there are people that just don't like bad, you know, they don't like to feel uncomfortable and that's fine. They're still our participants and we can still find them in the gym and we can still market to them. Yeah. Yeah. When they're indoors. That was sort of my principal point. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.